everyone and welcome to another episode of A to Easy. Hope you all had a lovely time during the past few weeks and today we will be talking about anemia and because it is quite a big and rather complex topic we'll always be speaking about a certain type of anemia and that's microcytic anemia. But first let's hide to Dan. Hello everyone. Uh, so firstly uh, what is anemia? Okay so anemia is a reduction of the circulating red blood cells. And what are red blood cells? Well, a normal red blood cell is simply a biconcave shaped cell with a large surface area to volume ratio, which allows rapid gas exchange. This biconcave shape is maintained by an amazing cytoskeleton attached to the membrane. And this is made up of a long twisted strands of spectrin and actin filaments. This cytoskeleton gives the mechanical stability to a membrane that has to be flexible because the red blood cells have to squeeze through some small blood vessels, particularly in the spleen. The cytoskeleton is also important to understand the pathology of some of the conditions we will be discussing in the future episodes. But back to the red blood cell, they contain hemoglobin, but no nucleus, no organelles or granules, and hemoglobin is an iron-containing oxygen transport protein found in red blood cells. Okay, so that's anemia. Uh, and what do we mean by microcytic? Okay, so the term microcytic refers to the size of the red blood cell and indicates that the cells are small. Anemia is classified as microcytic, normocytic and macrocytic. This is reflected by the laboratory reading called MCV, which stands for mean cell volume. And it is routinely measured when you ask for a full blood count, FBC. So an MCV of less than 80 is microcytic. So it means that the cells are small. 80 to 100 is normocytic and more than 100 is macrocytic, which means that the cells are large. Okay, so microcytic is when the MCV, mean cell volume, is less than 80 and it indicates a problem with haemoglobin production. But what causes that microcytic anemia? So we will be discussing about four causes of microcytic anemia today. Three of those are due to defective heme synthesis and one is due to defective globin chain. As a reminder, Hemoglobin is a circular globular composite protein, which is a tetramer composed of four protein globin chains, each of which is attached to a heme group in which sits essential ion of iron. So, what's the acronym for causes of microcytic anemias? Ooh, I know this one actually. So, if I remember correctly, it's FAST, where... F stands for uh, iron, or FE, the chemical symbol for iron, deficiency. A for anemia of chronic disease. S for sideroblastic anemia. And T for thalassemias. Precisely. So, iron deficiency anemia, anemia of chronic disease, and sideroblastic anemia are the three causes which are due to a defective heme synthesis. And thalassemias result from defective globin production. 
And the most common ones are iron deficiency anemia and thalassemia. Yes. So about iron deficiency anemia, as the name suggests, it is due to a decrease in binding of iron to protoporphyrin, which is the last reaction in heme synthesis. And this subsequently leads to a decrease in production of hemoglobin. So iron deficiency is one of the causes of microcytic anemia because there's less heme produced and therefore less hemoglobin. But what causes iron deficiency? So there are several underlying mechanisms. One is iron loss, which could be due to bleeding. That's stereotypically gastrointestinal, which may be due to a malignancy anywhere along the GI tract. It can be due to a peptic ulcer disease and so on. Also, heavy menorrhagia, which is blood loss through menstruation, is another cause of iron deficiency anemia. And that would be one of the reasons why the normal range of haemoglobin is lower for women, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Also, hormones can have an influence on the red cell production, but that's one of the causes. So apart from blood losses, causes include also decreased iron intake, increased demand, such as during pregnancy, and decreased iron absorption, which can be due to inflammatory conditions like inflammatory bowel disease or celiac disease, or due to surgical resection of the duodenum, which is where the majority of the iron is being absorbed. Okay, so iron deficiency anemia can be due to blood loss, decreased intake of iron, increased demand for iron, and reduced absorption of iron. Mm-hmm. And having explained iron deficiency anemia, let's go on to the next one, which is... Anemia of chronic disease. Exactly. So anemia of chronic disease is due to chronic inflammation. The pathophysiology behind it is that inflammation is associated with an increase in cytokines, such as interleukin-6 and hepcidin. These reduce the release of iron from the cells, such as macrophages, and reduce intestinal absorption. This means less iron is available. Additionally, usually when hemoglobin goes down, a hormone called erythropoietin will go up to push the hemoglobin level back up. But in anemia of chronic disease, this does not happen, and erythropoietin and hemoglobin stay low. Okay, so inflammation increases cytokines, and as a result, iron availability is reduced and hemoglobin levels stay low. So, uh, back again, what are some of the conditions that lead to this inflammatory state? So, typically inflammation due to rheumatoid arthritis, SLE, which is systemic lupus erythromatosus, heart failure, chronic infections or malignancy. This can all cause inflammation and anemia of chronic disease. Okay, so we've discussed iron deficiency anemia and anemia of chronic disease. Uh, next, there's also S, which would be for sideroblastic anemia. Uh, Shall we talk about that? Yes. So, sideroblastic anemia is much less common than the other types of anemia associated with a low MCV. And we're only going to touch this for a few seconds. There are various causes for this rare condition. And the very rare congenital causes can be associated with a low MCV. 
To put this in perspective, several of the hematology consultants here have never seen a case of congenital sideroblastic anemia. For people who like to understand terminology, like myself, the word sidero means iron in Greek. And yes, yes, I keep mentioning uh, Greek uh, terminology. And yes, yes, I never failed to show up the Greek origin of my dual terminology. Sorry about that. Anyhow, and going on to blast, this refers to immature cells. So, defective heme metabolism leads to iron trapping inside the mitochondria. Okay, so d- despite all of that, it is not likely that we're going to see a case of sideroblastic anemia anytime soon. Out of interest, though, what are some of the acquired conditions that can be associated with this uh, sideroblastic anemia? The most important ones to know are the vitamin D6 deficiency, lead poisoning and drugs including chloramphenicol, isoniazid and linezolate. Okay, so to recap, sideroblastic anemia is due to iron accumulation in red blood cells which cannot be used to produce haemoglobin and there are inherited and acquired causes some of the acquired causes including lead poisoning and drugs. Yes. And now on to the last cause of microcytic anemia. We have T from the fast, which is for thalassemias. These are much more common uh, than congenital sideroblastic anemia and we are likely to have lots of patients with mild forms of thalassemia. We don't even know that they actually have it. As we said, it is one of the causes that is due to a defective globulin synthesis rather than a problem with him. Thalassemias can be classified into alpha and beta based on which type of globin chain is affected. As we have already mentioned, there are four globin chains in each hemoglobin, two alpha and two beta. If you have beta thalassemia, Typically, you have a mutation in the beta-globin genes. If you have alpha thalassemia, typically you have a deletion of one or more of the alpha genes. Thalassemia alpha is more prominent in Asia and Africa, whose first letter is also A, so that's an easy mnemonic for us to remember, and beta is more prominent around the Mediterranean. Fun fact, Thalassa means sea in Greek, so the condition took its name as is more common around the Mediterranean Sea. Thalassemia trait, in fact, is so common in Cyprus, like my home country, which means that in order to get married there, both partners need to be tested for thalassemia for the wedding to go ahead. Okay, so thalassemia is due to a defect in globin production, and there are alpha and beta variants. But how does that defect in globin production cause anemia? So as we said, due to the reduction of hemoglobin, in beta thalassemia specifically, the faulty beta globin chain synthesis leads to a reduction in beta chains and a reduction in the normal hemoglobin, which is HbA, made up of two alpha and two beta chains. There are a small amount of hemoglobin and every human being, which are made up of alpha and delta chains. These are known as HbA2. There are also small amounts of fetal hemoglobin, even in adults, 
which are made up of alpha and gamma chains. These are still made normally, and because the amount of HPA has gone down in people who have pitothalassemia, the percentage of hemoglobin that uh, is HPA2 appears higher in these patients, although it has not actually gone up. It is just that it is a larger percentage of what is left. In the first few months of life, because there are quite a lot of circulating HPF, the baby seems normal. So anemia becomes apparent as the amount of HPF goes down, therefore approximately six months after the baby is born. Depending on the severity of the condition, beta thalassemia is classified into three categories, which I will ask Dan to explain for us today. Yes, so typically beta thalassemia is classified further into thalassemia major, thalassemia intermedia and thalassemia minor. And this is based on how anemic the patient is. So if someone has very mild anemia, then they have thalassemia minor. If they are transfusion dependent, then that would be thalassemia major. And if they're very anemic, but not quite transfusion dependent, then we could say it is thalassemia intermedia. But what about alpha thalassemia? So alpha globin is encoded by four alleles, which is actually amazing because usually every protein is coded from just one gene from the mom and one gene from the dad. Alpha globin is the exception to the one gene, one protein rule because there are two genes from the mom and two genes from the dad. As a result, there are four genes that can go wrong. Usually the problem is that one of them is missing. So you don't make a balanced amount of alpha globin chains to match the number of beta globin chains. Deletion of just one allele results in a silent carrier. The hemoglobin level may be normal and the patient may not know that they have a type of thalassemia. Absence of two results in alpha thalassemia trait. This is usually associated with mild anemia. Absence of three alpha leads to significant anemia and something called hemoglobin H disease. Absence of four alleles leads to tetramers of gamma chains because there are no alphas for gamma chains to pair with. As a result, instead of getting free hemoglobin or HPF, you get something called HP BARTs. Gamma chains are quite poor carriers due to high affinity of O2 meaning that they buy too much and they do not let oxygen get into tissues. And that's a problem. So gamma chains are very needy and they're not really particularly helpful in this situation. Does this mean that a baby with haemoglobin Bart's would die in utero when the haemoglobin Bart's forms? Unfortunately, yes. This is why it is so important that people that are screened for pregnancy to see if their full blood count is at all suggestive of alpha thalassemia. If two people with two alpha deletions get married to each other, the risk of having a baby with four alpha deletion and an intrauterine death, which is quite uh, unfortunate, so it's important to pick it up. Wow, yeah, no, that, that sounds pretty serious. Yeah. yeah. So that's all about microcytic anemias then? Yes, so we have covered the background of the four causes of microcytic anemia, 
but now we need to understand how to recognize them. So starting with symptoms, anemia can be asymptomatic, but also can present with fatigue, meaning that you feel exhausted, paleness, typically called pallor, and mild dyspnea, shortness of breath. In severe cases, it can also present with pica, which is what? Ooh, that's a weird one. So pica is craving for ice or dirt or coal or anything that you wouldn't usually eat. Not particularly tasty. No, no. And if untreated and getting worse, anemia can also present with features of hyperdynamic state, meaning tachycardia, bounding pulse, and potentially heart failure. This is an attempt for the heart to pump more blood as the tissues are not oxygenated enough. Okay, so ultimately, things like fatigue and pallor are the main symptoms. Mm-hmm. How do we investigate uh, anemia? For our history, it is important to ask about diet, menstruation, any GI symptoms such as epigastric pain or malina, which is basically dark stool, and the drug history. It is also important to ask for family history for colorectal cancer or thalassemia. And then we move on to examination and blood tests where we do an FBC, hematinics, including iron levels, transferrin, total iron binding capacity, also known as TIBC, and ferritin. Blood tests include a reticulocyte count, which are useful, but they are not routinely done. Whereas vitamin B12 and folate are routinely done, and that's usually done to assess macrocytic anemia, but that will be discussed in a different episode. So... Okay. Okay, so history, exam, and bloods, including full blood count, iron levels, vitamin B12 and folate, and a blood film. But what if none of that gives us an answer? You base your following investigations on the findings. To confirm thalassemia, apart from iron studies, hemoglobin electrophoresis is required, which shows increased HbA2, which is a 2-alpha and 2-delta chains, which we said before appears as higher because of the reduction in normal HbA. Right, okay. So we've discussed which tests you do, but how do we interpret these? In terms of FBC, we look at hemoglobin, Hb. Lower normal for women is 115 and for men is 135. The difference is partly due to menstruation, as we mentioned before. And for iron studies, which is one of the initial investigations for microcytic anemia, low iron levels with low ferritin and low transferrin saturation with high total iron binding capacity, TIBC, indicates iron deficiency anemia. Whereas low iron levels with high ferritin and a low TIBC suggest anemia of chronic disease. Sideroblastic anemia, which we're not going to discuss any further than this, only has increased iron levels and ferritin. So, both iron deficiency anemia and anemia of chronic disease have low iron levels. Iron deficiency anemia has low ferritin and high total iron binding capacity, whereas anemia of chronic disease 
has a high ferritin because it's an acute phase protein and a low total iron binding capacity. Okay, so we have talked about the investigations. That's a full blood count, blood film, iron studies, and potentially hemoglobin electrophoresis if thalassemia is suspected. How do we manage microcytic anemia? It largely depends on the cause, but let's discuss iron deficiency anemia, which is one of the most common causes of microcytic anemia. Firstly, we need to identify the cause, stop any obvious bleeding, and treat the underlying pathology. Usually, this requires a peer examination to detect any malina or any bleeding from the GI tract, an OGD and or a colonoscopy for peptic ulcer disease and GI malignancy. If there is nutritional iron deficiency, oral iron replacement such as ferrosulfate is beneficial. If it's quite bad, bad being less than 70, the hemoglobin is less than 17, you need to transfuse. If the hemoglobin is less than 80 and the patient also has heart failure, you may need to also consider a red cell transfusion. Okay, so ultimately treat the cause of the iron deficiency anemia and if the patient is severely anemic, then transfuse red cells. Exactly. Hi everyone, this is Sally and I'm here with your summary of anemia. Anemia is a reduction in the circulating red blood cells. Microcytic anemia is when the size of the red blood cells is small and thus the MCV is less than 80. The most common causes include iron deficiency anemia and thalassemias, with anemia of chronic disease and sideroblastic anemia being less common causes. Anemia can be asymptomatic or present with fatigue, pallor and or mild dyspnea. Investigations include FBC, haematinics, vitamin B12 and folate and a blood film. Management depends on the cause, but if the haemoglobin is less than 70, then packed red blood cell transfusion is required. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Bye.